0: Hello all you gore fiends and horror hounds, this is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every day this month by Greg of the Dead, how you doing man?
1: Doing good, how you doing?
0: pretty awesome because we're covering a brand new hellraiser movie and it's not some weird great value looking thing like it actually has potential it looked like
1: yeah it's good which shocked the hell out of me no pun intended like it's good
0: especially when i saw like the clips like real quick of like the uh cenobites and whatnot not that they look bad but they look very cgi but in the movie, they actually look good.
1: Yeah, and it's not CGI. I actually, good. like, the new Fangoria just came out. Oh, that yeah. was delivered to my house at the time of recording. And they had a whole article on all the makeup and everything. And it was all practical, like, oh, all good. their looks and everything.
0: Oh, that's perfect timing, then.
1: Yeah, it was nice to read. Yeah. So, look... I was really worried about this movie because we did Hellraiser 2 back in August, I think. And I mentioned on there, I'm like, there's supposed to be some new Hellraiser coming out. I haven't seen anything about it. And usually when a movie has been done for like a year or so and it's been this long and we haven't seen hide or hair of it, that's usually a bad sign. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah,
0: they're trying to just like quietly release it without much fanfare and maybe people won't really watch it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. But no, this was solid. I really enjoyed it. This is a a reimagining. It's not a sequel at all. It's kind of a remake, I guess.
0: Yeah, I would say reimagining more. I agree with that. Because there's enough changed that it's not just a reboot or a remake, but there's enough new stuff that keeps it really interesting, you know.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure like some Hellraiser diehards are going to be mad about some of the changes they made. I enjoy Hellraiser. I, it's never been my favorite. So I was fine with some of the changes they made, especially like with the box and like marking and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a really cool idea, actually, to play with.
0: Yeah, I feel there's still enough that feels like Hellraiser that, if you're that kind of fan, that's like diehard Hellraiser. Like I like the first and second one. The third one's fun, but pretty stupid. Honestly, I don't think I've seen any of the other ones. Like I probably saw like quick clips while they were on the sci-fi channel like 10 years ago or something, but never sat down and watched them yet.
1: A uh, fun fact, you know how I try to watch my way through a franchise every Halloween? Yeah. I tried to do Hellraiser this year and oh. with the new movie <laughs> coming out. I made it to Inferno and I'm like, nope, I'm done. I'm Which done. Which one's that? <laughs> it's... it's I'm pretty sure one of the ones where they just put Pinhead into the script, but I'm not positive. Yeah. And and it was like a detective script before. Uh My friend Brandon, not our Brandon, uh, shout out to his podcast, Are You Listening? But he is a huge Hellraiser fan, so I should have asked him before I came on here spouting possibly nonsense.
0: Yeah, I've not tried to dive into the other ones because I've heard even from diehard Hellraiser fans of like, oh yeah, they're really bad.
1: Yeah, so this... Look, it pretty much could go nowhere but up from where we were. Yeah. <laughs> so, from 2022, directed by David Bruckner, who's definitely made a name for himself in horror, and produced by Clive Barker, who got the rights back a couple years ago. And, you know, developmental hell stuff. Of it. Originally, he was supposed to write and direct it, and then it got shoved, up, shoved off and things like that. But he basically gave the okay on everything in this. So at least it had the creator's blessing, you know what I mean? And I can almost feel like you can
0: see him lording over it. Like if um, uh, Steven Spielberg has anything to do with a movie, you feel that little taste of his style.
1: Yeah, you definitely got the evil, sexy murder tones that Live Barker is known for.
0: Oh yeah, it went back to sexy Hellraiser. Not just like, we're the Cenobites and we're basically Jason chains! Like, this goes back to pain and pleasure and discover discovering other dimensions of feeling dimension Z tries to stay away from those dimensions.
1: We have a truce (laughs) with them. So here's the other thing. I can't believe we made it this far without mentioning woman pinhead.
0: Yes, I enjoy her. I, of course, anytime it's anyone, but Doug Bradley, I'm going to be like, Hmm, I'll wait and see. I saw the memes of the great value pinhead. But this one I enjoyed. I like the flesh-like dress that she's wearing.
1: Yeah, why are all the Cineboids naked in this one? Some yeah. of them have oh. the cool goth rave clothes.
0: They're not wearing leather anymore. That's so, like, 1980s, 1990s. We're just full-on naked, and we're just going to take our genitals and just, like, pull them all apart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're going to wear our cocks for a hat. Yes. <laughs>
0: This is the new Cenobites. Like, I would imagine, like, the 1980s ones show up, and they're like,
1: holy shit.
0: There's a <laughs> new
1: dimension. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought Jamie Clayton did great as Spinhead, to be honest. Like, I, there was yeah. moments when at first where I'm just like, okay, she's okay. It was never bad. But then, like, the end speech she gives and yeah. everything... And look, I know I'm jumping ahead. If you're new to the show, we spoil everything. So that's your warning. We don't have a spoiler-free section. But the end speech, how they saved the We Have Such Sites to Show You, which I thought would just be a dumb Easter egg, but they actually put it in such an epic moment and everything. I'm like, oh, I got chills watching this. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, and I enjoy your delivery of it's not like over like almost Doug Bradley I love his version but he's almost doing a godly type version it seems this one seems more grounded of just like that is what you have chosen
1: you know I'm glad it wasn't a Doug Bradley copy you know what I mean I've seen Doug Bradley I love Doug Bradleys but I wanted something new if you're not going to have him
0: even to the point where they don't call him a call pinhead pinhead in this it's the priest
1: yeah exactly and you know what who was formerly just billed as female Cenobite, got a name this time.
0: Oh, good. What's the name?
1: The Gasp.
0: Ooh, I like it. I did see the Chatterer came back, and I was like, yes, I love the Chatterer! But where's Butterball? Where's the fat one? I want the fat one back! I want to be represented!
1: (laughs) I was gonna say, look, I I like the new Cenobites we got. Yes, I loved the modern take on the OG ones that we got. We got Chatterer... Uh, now referred to as the gasp and pinhead, but I'm like, yeah, where where the fuck's Butterball?
0: Yeah, poor dude, come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, uh, you wanna get into this thing?
0: Yes, let's record this fucker.
1: Alright, so it starts in Serbia, and Mr. Roland Voigt's lawyer, Serena, is meeting a man and paying for a box, a very familiar box to anyone who knows Hellraiser.
0: Yes. Yeah, and it's very and this one seems a lot more low key than especially like the first hellraiser where it's um like it's then like the smoky den and it's uh, almost seems like a street corner type of like shop thing and it's like oh yes, here you go. It's always been meant for you. This one is just more of like okay, here's the money, here's the box.
1: Yeah, good luck to you. But Yeah. The guy at later we cut to this guy at a bar in a party at uh Mr. Voigt's mansion meets Serene at the bar and she says Mr. Voigt would love to meet him and go back to this room. He goes back to what I guess we'll refer to as the trophy room because it comes back a couple times.
0: Yeah, it's like the box room, the Leviathan room kind of thing. It's surrounded by um it's like steel gates like close in at everything. And they have like the pillars of all like the fancy things that he owns.
1: Yeah, and the yeah exactly. They're on display, really nice. Most of my boxes like clear plexiglass over them, except for the one that is a lament configuration that's in a like spear shape here, like we saw in Hellbound Hellraiser Two.
0: Yeah, which I saw some people online go like, "Oh, why does the box look different?" It's like it's always done that.
1: And they are doing a different thing with the box. It's not just solve the puzzle this time.
0: No, there's more
1: to it. Voight shows up and tells him to try to solve it, he does, and this one, when you click it into the right position, a knife pops out of it, and it's supposed to stab you in the hand, which basically marks you for the Cenobites to come get you.
0: Which I think is such a cool addition to this version, because I did not see that coming when he clicks it, and it goes through his hand, and then his vision, like, starts going all blurry, and he starts, like, seeing things happening, like... I also love that they bring back the walls opening to like the brick cor- uh, corridor. Yes!
1: So much! I love it!
0: Or, there's a quick shot later. It's way later in the movie. But when all the Cenobites are gathering and uh, the priest, uh, Pinhead in this movie, um, does something and opens up another corridor and it comes through the floor and you see it for a quick second. And it's like a million stairs going up to where the Chatterer comes out of the floor. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. That's like Hellraiser 2 shit.
1: Holy shit, Brett, you just solved it. That's why there's no Butterball in this movie. Look how many steps he has oh, to climb. Yeah.
0: He's at the bottom. He's like, come on, guys. This is my hell. They call me Butterball.
1: <laughs> or on time he made it to the top, he's in shape. He's actually there. I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, no. I gotta get down and get more butter. And he has to go back down the <laughs> stairs.
1: But... The Cenobite's unseen at this point. You see, they hook him in the leg, and look, they keep the gore, and I love it. Especially some parts later on. Like, holy shit, like, got to me a little bit. They hook him, like, right in the knee, and they drag him as Voight prays for an audience with Leviathan. As the other guys, like, pulled up into the sky, like, suspended in the air with a bunch of chains, and ripped apart, and then, boom, Hellraiser title card, here we go.
0: Oh, because it's cool. I like the shot as well, because it's, like, focused on Voight, like, praying to the Le- Leviathan, like you said. But in the background, unfocused, you see him, like, lifted up by the chains.
1: Yeah, it's so weird, too, because remember the end of the very first Hellraiser? That is, like, the creme de la creme kill. Yeah. That's a Jesus wept moment, right, as he's pulled apart. Here, it's like, yeah, you guys have seen it. It's, it's happening, but we're not going to focus on it. I'd love it. Um, real quick, how many times did you watch this? Uh, twice now. I did too. I enjoyed it significantly more my second time. I didn't dislike it the first time, but since second time was in show mode, I paid way more attention, caught a lot of details, and I knew what I was in for, so I tried to watch for some stuff. Really enjoyed it on a second watch.
0: Yeah, I've definitely found that I want to try to watch every movie we do twice, at least. Because the first time you react to it, the second time you look for the things.
1: Somewhere in turn, Corey's yelling at us for laughing at him watching Return of the Living Dead, like, four times.
0: <laughs> hey, but I watch Halloween Ends, what did I say, four or five times? So I can't say a thing anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we cut to Riley and Trevor fucking. Riley is our main character. Trevor is her, like, pseudo new hookup maybe boyfriend.
0: Yeah, and it's like, go harder. And he's like are you sure? She's like, yes, just fucking do it. Like, hurry. And then he like, f- like flips her over and she's like, okay, goddammit, just
1: go! <laughs> <laughs> they finish, they go out and all of her roommates are there. Her brother and her Matt... her brother! His- yes. <laughs> her brother Matt, his boyfriend Colin, and Nora. And Trevor, <laughs> Trevor meets them and then quickly leaves. She's like, you-, you guys all heard us fucking did <laughs> it. Like, yes.
0: They're like, yes, of course we did. We're in this tiny apartment. You're right there.
1: (laughs) But we get some dialogue about how she is a recovering addict and uh, her brother Matt doesn't like that she's dating a guy from group. You know,
0: We don't know exactly what her addiction is. We know that she drinks and she takes some kind of pills.
1: I assumed it was the pills how she threw them out and then picked them up later. I assumed it was like narcotics. Like, yeah. That's all just setting up who everyone is. Later, she's at Trevor's, and Trevor tells her about this expensive shipment coming in, or that's been in, and he knows the key code to this place and she's just been sitting there. Some rich guy's thing.
0: It's an interesting thing because, um, *Evil Dead*, uh, the *Evil Dead* remake did the same thing. Of it was like a recovering addict, kind of going through the movie, and people at first don't exactly believe them, because they're like, oh, you're hallucinating or something like that, and it takes them a while to actually believe them.
1: Well, it's just a step away from the classic, the town drunk is the one who always sees the aliens first, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But Trevor's telling her about this big score they can do to get a lot of money, some rich asshole has something expensive, I don't know what it is, shipped in, I know the key code, we can get in and steal it. Okay, she thinks about it, she's like, alright, let's do it, he's like, I'll cut you in, so they do, they break in, and it's just a single safe in this big shipping container, and after some time, they crack it open, and of course, it's Lament Configuration. I don't think I can call it the Lament Configuration
0: in this, actually, can I? Well, that's one of the configurations that it takes. It takes many of them.
1: Before, when we would say Lament Configuration, we meant right. the box in any shape it would take. Here, each shape has its own configuration.
0: But technically, you are correct, because in this shape, it is Lament.
1: True, it is the square. Alright, I stumbled into being correct.
0: Good job, Greg. I like the one line of, it's a box inside a box inside a box.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not wrong. It's like when you want to prank someone and get them a gift card for their birthday, you show up with a giant box filled with boxes.
0: They break into the safe and they're like, there's no stacks of money, there's no gold. Like, maybe this thing is worth something, we don't
1: know. (laughs) Yeah. She like, do you want me to hang on to it while you look into it? Oh, yeah, sure. She takes it, and back home, Matt starts yelling at her for showing up, because I, is she oh. high here, or just really tired? I don't know.
0: Because her and Trevor, right before they went into steal the box, inside the box, inside the box, they're passing a flask back and forth, so they've been drinking.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then Matt, like, kind of kicks her out for being... For being drunk and she leaves on her way out Colin's like look it's just a bad night go back inside she's like no and she does leave she uh dumps her pills out and then this scene's actually really sad to me i don't know why because she's like i'm not gonna get high she dumps her pills out throws her stuff in the car and then picks them all like soggy back up off the ground and takes them and goes to the playground to play with her new toy the box
0: it kind of reminds me in a way of the scene from train spotting when he shoves the suppositories up his ass and then the heroin like shits come because he hasn't done him done heroin in long enough. So he has like diarrhea and then he has to dig through his shit to find the suppositories again.
1: Oh shit. I, I have your copy. That, yes. so I haven't watched it. I will get He's, there eventually.
0: Cause I mentioned train spotting way too much on this horror
1: podcast. I'll get there one day. But she's playing with the box, and the knife pops out, but misses her hand. This is a new layer to this I hadn't considered. The Cenobites are like, shit! (laughs) But the Cenobites do, like, appear to her, but she's also passing out. Like, and they're like, that blade wasn't for you, come with us! And, like, her chest, like, looks like it's caving in as chains fly from it into Matt... But it's like a dream, and he wakes up and goes looking for her.
0: Yeah, which was a cool scene, but also, the first time watching, I was like, what the fuck is this? Is she now, like, the box or something? Because you have no idea what's going on. But like you said, it's like a weird dream thing.
1: Well, I guess because the box missed her, so like they're still getting somebody, but someone close to her since they can't technically claim her, I think.
0: Yeah, that's what it seems like.
1: Matt goes out looking for her and finds her passed out on the merry-go-round. But he picks up the box and he cuts himself on the knife. Uh, now someone's marked. He's in the bathroom washing his hands off, like the playground bathroom. It's not back home, and he's killed off-screen. But like you see, everything start to change. You hear him scream, and Riley wakes up and realizes he's gone. It's a
0: cool kind of bathroom
1: scene, like you said, because don't the walls start to kind of move
0: and shift and whatnot?
1: Yeah, the mirrors get all weird and everything. Yeah, but A day or two later, uh, she goes to Trevor's, and she, they're fucking again, obviously. <laughs> and she sees Chatterer for a second just perving out, and then he disappears.
0: He's like, hey, how are you guys doing over that?
1: <laughs> but she's telling Trevor about everything, like the box, what happened to Matt and everything, and she hands it to Trevor. He's like, no, I don't want to touch it. And that lets her know, you believe me? I actually enjoyed this scene for once. It's not just, yeah, I I don't believe you, or I believe you, and then they really don't. No, he's not touching the box, so he's in full belief here.
0: And this is also the first little inkling of, something's a little up with Trevor, because why would he not even touch it? Like, as far as she knows, neither one of them know anything about the box.
1: Yeah, exactly, but He's like, no. And so they decide to track down some way, like through the shipping container or the building I was going to. And they track down Serena, Mr. Voight's lawyer from earlier. And she's at a hospital because she's terminal. She has something with her lungs. I don't know if it's cancer or what, but she says, my lungs are rotting away.
0: I also like what this movie does with the fact that these two are addicts together. and But they don't just sit around like Sid and Nancy do in that a Gary Oldman movie and just like stare at each other in a room. They still go out and investigate and do stuff. Just, they also have issues. So it's like, there's still people.
1: I'd like to pose the question. I'm not sure if Trevor was an addict.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, I, he's definitely drinks a lot, but he might've yeah. just been sent into the AA thing to get like, cause he does mention something about like an easy mark.
1: Exactly, like someone who'd be desperate or something like that. I'm not sure, it's not made clear to us, but I wonder if that's what was going on.
0: But Riley is actually like the driving force in this entire movie, because she gets in front of Trevor, like where he plans like everything to go. She goes like four steps ahead of him out of nowhere, and he's like, oh shit, and
1: has to like catch up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But they're talking to her, and it's just a lot of like, How do you know about that? You have no idea what you're messing with. You know, like, hey, she's basically the Harbinger character. Yeah, exactly. But she shows her the book. Serena tries taking it. And as they're pulling at it, I guess they unlock the next version. And it stabs her. It's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. She's like, no, it was my fault. Like, she knows what the fuck's coming, too, which makes this worse.
0: Oh, and this review of the Cenobites for her is awesome because it's almost just like in the background once again it happens of like the wall opens up and one of them just wanders out and wanders by the door
1: yeah because Trevor and Riley are gone at this point and it's later in the day where they appear for her and they surround her and this is our first decent look at him too
0: well, did you also notice the first Cenobite that she sees? Because she has breathing problems. Is like its lungs are exposed in the back, and it's like wheezing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's Hang on, like they have names for the, all Oh, the Cenobites, <laughs> thankfully. Huh. The Asphyx. So asphyxiation. Oh, that's good. I like that. Um, But yeah, so the Cenobites surround her. She's like, have mercy. And here's the thing about the Cenobites in this movie. I don't think they think they're doing anything cruel. They no. legitimately think they're giving these people a gift if you ask me the way they talk and everything.
0: Well, it's back to almost what they originally were of they're not like they're actually not demons and whatnot. They're just explorers in the further realms of like feeling and exploration and whatnot. Of it's just the really fucked up dimension.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's like, it's an interesting thought. Like they, I think they think they're doing people favors by attaching a gearbox to someone's nervous system. I wonder how many Cenobites are
0: just extremely rich people that got bored, and so they kept pushing it further and further, and now they got here. And I was like, now I'm the chatterer!
1: <laughs> I mean, we'll get to that at the end, because we know of one. Yeah. She's surrounded by them. They put, like, A pin or something in her mouth? I'm still not exactly sure what this was.
0: It comes out because one of the Cenobites picks it out of one of the other one's eye and puts it inside her.
1: Yeah, and she's pretty much killed. Like, we don't see it happen, but she's dead. Yes. Riley's looking into Voight back home, and he's missing, presumed dead, and so she goes to the mansion on her own. She's sneaking around. She finds the trophy room, and the door and roof controls, how you talked about the whole thing's almost like, almost like iron bars, like a jail or like some kind of weird art piece can be controlled with all the rooms can be barred off. And the ceiling has some weird like symbols and steel that will go over it. This is where we also get some background on like
0: actually who Voight is. And like we were talking about just a minute, minute ago, he's like this extremely rich, like occult collector where he's like, A billionaire and he collects occult stuff and he's i guessing just trying to push like we said the limits of pain and pleasure and all that stuff that the good Hellraiser movies play with but I like that it's basically like oh yeah he's just some rich asshole who collects art
1: yeah that's exactly who you want in a Hellraiser movie
0: yeah because the cinemites are really like think about the first one and the second one they're not really the bad guys There's other bad guys in the movie that the Cenobites punish.
1: Yeah, they are a force to be used for good or bad. Exactly.
0: They're almost above good and bad.
1: Yeah. She finds the office with all the Cenobite drawings, blueprints, the journal, and she flips through it, and here's what we see with each configuration, if you get their gifts, can give you. And they all fancy Latinish names, but here's what you get. I wrote them all down. Oh, good. Cool. Life, Knowledge love, sensation, resurrection or power.
0: Okay, cool. I cuz I saw one was like Lazarus or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was the resurrection one. Okay. Um, so, but obviously it's all not going to be the way you think, like monkey's paw no.
0: situation. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's never like, oh, I want puppies, but you have to shit the puppies for some reason. Like exactly. you never get the good thing.
1: Uh, she hears a whisper and then finds Matt. She's having a vision of him. And he's like, bring me back. She hugs him, but his back is torn off. And she's like reaching into his spine and goo and everything.
0: Yeah, which is a cool scene because, yeah, she finds him. And it's almost like, oh, it's too good to be true. It's like, is that you? Yeah. And it's like, I'm whoever you want me to be. At that point, it's like, I know you're not him.
1: <laughs> exactly. I almost wanted to see her bring him back so we could get, like, a weird pet cemetery situation. Oh, that could have been cool.
0: You want to go down that rod?
1: I, I was happy with the ending we got, but I was wondering if they'd do something like that.
0: Judd is one of the, uh, Cenobites. <laughs> He's trying to get you to go down that rod. That's his thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the rod configuration. Yeah. <laughs> it's a map. <laughs> Uh, Trevor, Colin, and Nora all show up because they figured this is where she'd be and they heard her screaming and like, Colin's like, can we talk alone? So Nora and Trevor go out of the room. They're at a bar and we get the line here. This is like the most Easter eggy line, but I was okay oh. with it when they're at the bar. What's your pleasure, sir?
0: Oh, yeah, but I did it. It's a fun little callback, but I also kind of like his delivery of like, we've been so like desperate and like everyone's so down and all these bad things are happening and there's like one tiny little funny line and you're like okay thank god
1: (laughs) they're looking around and nora finds this passage in the wall she goes in but then she's locked in somehow
0: (laughs) well it's a great thing because trevor is like oh you want some whiskey it's like i don't think it's a good time to be drinking right now he's like oh yeah I'm going to go to the bathroom. He goes to the bathroom with the whiskey, and she starts fucking around with the switches, and one of one of them's the music, and then she turns it off. She's like, sorry, sorry, sorry.
1: <laughs> like that part. <laughs> she gets stuck in the wall, and she hears someone in there with her. Yeah. And Trevor's playing with all the switches to try to get her out, and she realizes the box is gone, and someone in the tunnel has it, and stabs her in the back with it, And they do get her out of the wall, but the box is still stabbed into her back. They pull it out, and they start driving away. They gotta get her to a hospital. But, holy shit, this is where they take off, and the road starts opening underneath them for the centibytes to come through. So, yeah, they load her up into the van, and
0: they're driving away. And you're thinking, okay, they're in a moving vehicle. You don't have to worry about brick walls coming out of nowhere. I love the fact that the brick walls come out of the van.
1: That's so cool, yeah, like, so she's stuck in there, and she's, like, the van, like, super trippy extends with her back in it?
0: Yeah, because she looks to the back, and the
1: back is, like, disappearing, and she looks to
0: the front where everyone's driving and setting, of course, and they're all going into the distance, and she's just sitting in the middle alone.
1: Yeah, and so she's, like, separated, even though she's right there, and Pinhead's talking to her, well, the priest, I should say, and she starts praying, and she pinheads like what is it you pray for it's like salvation there's no music in that takes out one of her nails from her head and this fucking scene oh, Brett
0: this was awesome because she pushes it through her throat and then we get an inside-the-throat cam of the needle going through her, like, esophagus thing, and you can see her vocal cords in the background. And it's, then she just starts—it goes through the other side, so she's completely pierced her throat. She just start, starts fucking with the needle back and forth.
1: Yeah, it's wild, this shot. Oh. She's also chained up and hooked at this point.
0: And she's bent backwards, like, c- because Pinhead, like, drew her towards her. So, like, she's bent backwards with the chains, like, in this, like, horrible position.
1: With a needle through your throat.
0: Yeah, and this is, like, this is just the beginning of what you're going to experience. This is nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah uh chatter just rips her off the hooks and the real nora like explodes into a bunch of blood
0: yeah out of nowhere so think you're the people driving in the front and all of a sudden there's a blood splatter in the background and
1: she's gone yeah (laughs) they crash the van obviously and the only thing riley can think she's gonna throw the box in the river smartest move in the movie but pinhead appears and stops her and she's like you have to unlock the next two configurations and you can have Matt back.
0: I actually enjoy... This is one of the reasons I enjoy this version of Pinhead so much. Because, like you said, she's about to throw the box away. And Pinhead's just basically like, stop. Like, you cannot do this yet. Like, we're not finished. There's still two more configurations to go. Like, what are you doing? And then basically is like, well then here you go. And she like gets stabbed herself by the box. It's like, either you're going to be the next one of the next people or find two more for us. But it's all very calm. It's not like you will do this for hell. It's like very, just like, this is what's going to happen to you. Very matter of factly put, which is way more scary than the over the top, like fire and brimstone, you know,
1: yeah, and so all the Cenobites centip- appear in real life to chase our three survivors, and Chatter like traps Riley and Trevor behind the gate, like it swings shut, so they're like trapped yeah. in the corner, as Chatter like bites Trevor's arm, and like, this is why he's Chatter starts chomping on it, <laughs> and something I had not considered, because I thought Riley was about to stab Trevor, yeah. but she stabs Chatterer, and I guess that works? At no point did I think that was an option. (laughs) No. They're like, wait a second. They're like, I guess this isn't in the fine print of the contract. Okay, well done.
0: Because all the Cenobites react and are like, well, shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Chatterer, you've been fired.
0: But I I think Chatterer enjoyed it a little bit because he got hooked by the hooks. It was almost like, oh, yes, I get to get pulled apart again. That's the best way that I come.
1: Yeah, they pull him, they rip him the shreds, and the box oh. changes shapes again.
0: They rip him apart, and his stomach and, like, and like internal organs stay where they are and then drop. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> they run back to the mansion, and they hit the controls to lock all the Cenobites out while they're in there. Trevor's passed out, like, on his own while the other two are making a plan, and they're separate. So Voight goes and wakes up Trevor, and we get the reveal they've been working together the whole time. By the way, let's talk about Voight for a second here. Yeah, we
0: get actually, like, this is our main reveal of him. And his thing is fucking brutal.
1: Yeah, so he has, like, two big metal things on each side, on his chest and his back, with a bunch of gears turning attached to his nervous system. They stop just enough where he says, where I will never go numb. So they're constantly pulling on his nerves, like, giving him extreme pain. So he obviously chose sensation. Because
0: his, because he even mentions it at some point during the ending here. Of he had like was searching for pleasure and pain to the furthest reaches of the world, and he just couldn't feel anything anymore. Now I can't stop
1: feeling. Trevor's like I know things went weird, but still working. We still only have one configuration left, and everything. He's like, all you had to do was feed the
0: box. There's a great back and forth real quick between Voight and Trevor, where Trevor's like, it's just going to be a few more seconds, basically. And Voight is like, every second is an eternity. You have no idea what I'm going through right now. Hurry the fuck up, you asshole. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I guess it's to the point they make. It's like, it's where he can never get used to it. So that is true. It's like a torture constantly
0: well because they show like and i love the close ups because you can tell it's practical effects of like his nerves which looks like ropes colored red but i love it do that oh, before yeah. cgi but it's like sometimes they go slow and other times it's like da, 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 and goes super fast and he like almost doubles over in pain like
1: yeah it's wild looking it looks painful
0: and then every once in a while it'll stop for a period So he's almost just like, oh, okay, and he gets maybe, like, the tiniest bit of relief. And then it gets, like, doubly bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, which almost would be more of a curse than, like, a blessing
0: when it stops and you know it's coming back. Especially what happens to him here at the end.
1: Yes. But, yeah, so Riley's made this plan. They go outside and lure one of them in, and Trevor locks the rest out, and the one that comes in is the Wheezy one. (laughs) And they lock it in the trophy room. It chases Riley, but she dropped the box inside. And it's, like, stuck between the doors, how it gets locked in. Colin goes in for the box. He's like, it's not here. Like, he's searching for it, because Voight's picked it up and stabs him with it. Yeah, which
0: is really fucked up. Like, poor Colin. He didn't ask for any of this. He was the boyfriend of the, uh, Riley's brother. Like, he's just trying to help.
1: (laughs) Here's the thing. I get, like, you just want this thing off of you but it works if you stab the Cenobites. Why'd you stab him? You could have stabbed yeah. either of them.
0: It's like, no, I still want to be evil. <laughs> yeah, you could have gone to the one in the door, though, which would have been way, like, easier.
1: <laughs> yeah. This is where it's like, like he reveals that him and Trevor were working together at O'Reilly and everything, and we have the flashback to him chasing sensation. And we right. get the line... All they have to give is pain. It's a trick, all of it. So, like, no matter what you choose, it will not be what you want.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like what you said, the monkey's Paul. of, yeah, you with, wish for a million bucks, and you get trampled by deer.
1: Yes, but the game, yeah, exactly. But he tells Trevor to let the rest of the Cenobites are locked outside in, and he does, and they're closing in on everybody, and he demands an audience with Leviathan, Dude, this is wild here, because Leviathan starts descending, and the mansion, like, is transported to hell, like the hell we've seen in the previous movies? Yeah, it's like
0: part two, like, hell, of, like, you see the uh, Leviathan configuration, I mean, like, the giant diamond in the sky comes down first time I've seen it since Hellraiser two. And then, like you said, we're back into the maze from Hellraiser two again. Basically. I love that world so much. And like, I think I even said during that review, there's so much you could do with that, that they squandered for so many years. And I'm glad to see that they're finally using it again.
1: Yeah. I was really happy to see it back.
0: It was so cool
1: looking. One of the centibytes is closing in on Colin, but the door shuts. And when you realize all the doors shut And Voight's idea is to hold them hostage. (laughs) So, like, Leviathan will release some of this pain. His whole idea is, like, I have all of your priests, like, held captive. You can't have them back unless you take this off me. Dude, you're literally playing ransom with a god. Yeah,
0: this is not going to end well with. But it's not going to end well for you, but what does he have to lose? Yeah, true. He, He honestly seems happier at the end.
1: I don't know. We'll see.
0: (laughs) He's smiling.
1: Very Halloween 2018. He goes, I didn't build a fortress. I built a cage. But he wants them to make it right. But Riley, rightfully pissed off now, opens the doors and... Well, Well. there's a bunch of stuff going on at once, because she doesn't realize, though, what she did. She opens the doors so the Cenobites can get to Voight, but it also opened the doors that were keeping them away from Colin, and this is the scene that gets me the most. This one's rough.
0: I felt so bad for him, because, like you said, she opens the doors, and I get what she's doing, but Colin's got to be sitting there being like, Oh, what the fuck? No!
1: you know, I lied. It's actually what they do to the next one, but what they're about to do to Colin, because they bound him with like super like metal wires, like all down his arms and everything. But there's two, like I said, there's both scenes going on. There's the Voight and the Colin scene and pinheads talking to Voight. And they're like, there are no, you can't send it back, but we do allow exchanges. You can pick a different one and everything like that. And the, we allow exchanges thing plays into what goes on in the Colin room because Riley stabs Trevor with the box, and so now Colin has been exchanged for Trevor. At this point, the Cenobites are so heavily
0: hinting at, you can kill anybody! And they hold up a neon sign with an arrow that's pointing to Trevor. And Trevor's like, (laughs) what? What's going on? Oh no! And Riley's like, oh! Kill him!
1: Right as that's going on, though, because then they, the wires release Colin and go around Trevor, and all the gears fall off of void in the trophy room, and he yeah. heals, like, really nasty-looking, like, scar-pussy
0: healing. And you see his, like, spine go back into place and stuff. It's
1: cool. Pinhead goes, You will know our finest gift we have such sights to show you the Leviathan configuration. That's what I meant. When she says that we have such sights to show you, it's also being said over the Hellraiser score, right as this giant, like, (laughs) naval ship chain comes flying (laughs) through the sky, through (laughs) Voight's chest, and, like, that wouldn't even stab him. It would just obliterate him, but goes through him and starts slowly pulling him into the air. Hellraiser score playing. (laughs) hell priest giving these awesome lines i'm like okay this is why what i came for
0: yeah like i'm fully in this is where i was also talking about earlier where he got a tiny bit of relief of he healed fully for like five seconds and then the ginormous (laughs) chain plunges through the exact same spot that just healed
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then in the other room, like we said, Trevor's, like, tied up with the wires, and they start pulling the flesh off, and this looks yeah. like the most painful thing in the world, to have something wrapped around you just, like, move up and just skin you. Ugh.
0: It's, like, yeah, it's, like, how you hear about, um, if, uh, people have, like, a ring on and whatnot, and, like, they get it caught, and it gloves their hand of all the skin but gets pulled off. Oh it's yeah. It's just a finger and that sounds horrible. This is his like whole arm. This is everything.
1: But so Trevor's taken care of, Void's taken care of. Riley goes to see the Cenobites. She has another Matt vision, take me home, and she says, "No. I don't want anything from you." And so Pinhead's like, "You've chosen to live with all the guilt and the shame of everything you've done. You will suffer every day. You have chosen the lament configuration." Look, I know that's sad. You have to deal with these life choices and this terrible thing you've done. Seems like the best deal, though.
0: Yeah, I would much rather be, like, me right now, still alive and flesh, and there's no hooks in me, and my teeth are fine, and knowing what happened, versus all my skin is missing, and my dick, like you said, is on top of my head, (laughs) and it won't stop coming down my face.
1: (laughs) All the Cenobites disappear, she leaves the box in the mansion. Her and Colin leave. There's this kind of sad scene. It's like, did you make the right choice? And she just is crying. Then, in what I assumed is the sky? I don't know where this technically is. I think it exists outside of our plane of existence, so whatever oh, yeah. dimension the Cenobites are from. But Voight is, like, strapped up on this thing that looks like a weird angel thing and he's skinned and like his from his feet to all of them it's pulled off by his teeth all this nasty stuff as he's turned into a centibite
0: this ends where he's in the crucifixion pose of his arms are out and his feet are bound and like he has the like his uh lips got pulled away so his teeth are just showing but he also almost reminds me of the doctor from Hel- uh Hellraiser 2 where he's like I can't yeah. believe that I like hesitated. And he seems to be loving it.
1: By the end, yes, not as it's going on.
0: No, but at the end it's just like oh my god, like I've transcended.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that is Hellraiser 2022. I came out and joined this thing way more than I thought I would.
0: Me too. I knew there was a new Hellraiser movie coming in October. I was like, okay, I'll watch it, of course. I wasn't planning on liking it anywhere near as much as I did.
1: Oh, should we mention here, if the people paid attention to what movies we were covering in Throbtober... Uh, Hellraiser was not on that list. We were actually going to cover it next month, but Terrifier 2 is doing way too well (laughs) in theaters to where the digital release keeps getting pushed back. So I'm happy for them, but that kind of messed ours up. So I was like, well, we'll swap Hellraiser and Terrifier 2. So you get Hellraiser this month. We'll try to get Terrifier 2 next month.
0: And it's not even showing anywhere near us. It's like two and a half hours away. It's bullshit. It said AMC theaters. I have an AMC theater five minutes from my house, which is giant and awesome. They didn't get it.
1: Yeah, it's it's not us just being stubborn and being like, well, we only want to watch on streaming. No, we no. would go to the theater. It's just not within a hundred miles of us. I
0: wanted to, but like you said, yes. hopefully in November, maybe.
1: Yeah, but that's why we put Hellraiser here. But I'm fine. I enjoyed getting to watch oh. this again and talk about it.
0: If we didn't talk about this here, we would have talked about it in November. So
1: yeah, so this would going to either way. Yeah. All right. Uh, you want to get count on the dead?
0: Let's get into the count of the dead.
1: Ah, ah, ah. All right, that's Robbie with Horror Count of the deads. So where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. Here's where I tell you our caveats. Because we've sure. never dealt really with too much Cenobite death before. Yeah. i say if you're turned into a Cenobite, Brett, you're not dead. But if you're a Cenobite and you die, you're dead.
0: Okay, so the Cenobites count?
1: If a Cenobite dies, they count. But if you're okay. turned into a Cenobite, you don't die. You're just changing right. form.
0: It's you're going into another dimension. I'm not dead. I just exist in dimension Z. Yes. Where a horror host is president. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I have, I'm not really even sure in this one. I was so wrapped up in the movie I kind of forgot to count kills. But I guess that's good, because I'm not supposed to, I'm supposed to just guess. Yes. Um there is a few. I'm gonna say seven.
1: Six. Oh damn
0: it! Fuck me.
1: (laughs) I never laugh like because you got it wrong. Because it's a hard thing to guess if you're not keeping (laughs) track. I laugh when you miss it by one because that seems to be your go-to.
0: Every single time, it's one. (laughs) Well, that's great. Count of the dead. Ah ah ah. Now we're getting to my ratings from Dimension Z. Uh, so basically, I'll take something from the movie, and I rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst, and 10 being the best. And I come up with that thing right now. Okay, I have one. Okay, what we got? And this is going to be, and it's kind of weird, because it's weird saying a good version of hell. But it's going to be versions <laughs> of hell. Like, you know how the Cenobites love hell, it seems. They love the pain and whatnot. Yeah. So it's going to be versions of hell is what I'm going to go for. All right. So a number one version of hell, the worst version of hell. That I'm going to say, the worst version of hell means it's like the tamest and lamest. Okay. Your your socks are always a little wet.
1: I mean, that sounds bothersome, but honestly, that sounds like a ten hell in comparison.
0: It's like your, your socks are always wet and cold, and you can't help it. You can't take them off. You just got to deal with it.
1: Wait, am I like the ruler of this hell, or am I a resident? Because if I'm a resident, that's a ten.
0: You're going through your own life right now. Just, you also have to deal with wet socks at all times.
1: Okay, that sounds bothersome, but better than some things I've seen. Um,
0: a number ten version of hell, the worst, the best version of hell version, slash worst. Like, the most hardcore version of hell for us. It's, um... Seven fifty nine on Saturday at all times, and singuli is about to come on, and his uh, intro music just starts, and then the power goes out, and I can't watch him. <laughs> okay. So, and then it goes right back to I'm super excited to watch singuli The power goes out, and I'm sad again.
1: All right, it's on a loop. That's, that's um, the most hardcore hell. Okay.
0: For me, where I'm like, yeah, it's horror host Saturday. Or like Svengooley comes on the screen and he's like, I'm I quit, and he like kills himself, Bud Dwyer style. <laughs> Jesus Christ, okay. <laughs> I'm like, no Sven Gulli. <laughs> Um I'm gonna give Hellraiser seven versions of hell out of ten. I really enjoyed it, enjoyed it more than I figured I would. Um, I'm definitely interested in sequels if they keep this kind of continuity with the same uh, priest and whatnot, and maybe some new chatter, uh, new Cenobites with other ones mixed in there. But um, it wasn't. There's definitely a lot worse ones. I would put this one probably as my third favorite now.
1: Yeah, I'm. I tried to think of a ranking, but I. Not positive. It's three or four for me. I also went seven versions of Hell out of ten. Hmm. For so pretty much all the reasons you said. I had a great time watching it. Uh, the two hour runtime rubbed me a little wrong.
0: Yeah, that was a little rough to get through. But it didn't feel like it except for little slow points where I was like, what time is it?
1: <laughs> yeah, there was a couple points where I'm like, okay, let's move it along. But then once it did move along, I was fully invested again. Exactly. And that's all I think I got on Hellraiser. That Throbtober continues for at least a few more days, people.
0: Oh my god, what new horror movies have we gotten in Throbtober? I mean, new movies for us. We got Hocus Pocus 2, which I was super excited for. We got Halloween Ends. We got a new Hellraiser movie. The Chucky series has Season 2 going on right now. Dr. Gangrene is doing his countdown But yeah, we hope that you're enjoying Throbtober, and we hope that Hellraiser has left your brain throbbing with horror.
1: This brings to close another episode of Throbbing with Horror. But fret not, friends. Another episode will be coming next week. Same time, same place. Be sure to check us out on all the social medias. Just look for the Throbbing with Horror pumpkin wherever you find your quality social media.